0: Syracuse started basketball season with a big win over the Mountain Hawks of Lehigh, the fighting CJ McCullums. They won ninety to seventy-two. Today we're talking about the ceilings and the floors and the potentials of what we saw on the court last night. It's all in Locked On Syracuse. Starts right now.
1: Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Wednesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage with a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC you can always catch the games you want on Sling, and now everyone can do so. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for a price you love. Try it today. Uh, we're talking basketball once again on the pod today. I'm back. I took a, uh, a little hiatus yesterday. It was just the OV show, which I'm sure everybody loved. Uh, and yeah, thanks now for back. coming back, bud. Yep, I'm here. Thanks for coming back. We appreciate um, it. I'm, you know, I'm happy to be here. Um, that was a big win. I did watch the game, so okay. I, you you have that. Um, I liked what I saw from a lot of people, and on this episode, we're going to talk about what we think guys can turn into uh, on this team. And I want to start at maybe an uncharacteristic spot, somewhere you probably didn't think I was going to start, but I'm starting at Mooney or Hema. Oh I'm starting at Hema he looked good. So we're, I think
1: he, we, as I talked about yesterday on the episode, he was a very pleasant surprise yesterday and was a lot more confident and, and competent than I thought he would be based on, you know, the smaller sample sizes we saw in the exhibitions. I liked seeing, uh, they, you know, they were playing man just about until Hima came in and they switched to the two, three and, I thought he played pretty solid at the center of the 2-3 and was able to, you know, pick up those back-to-back blocks. I look at there was a possession a little bit before that where he gets, you know, two offensive rebounds and a putback. Uh, He showed me that there was a little more life to him than maybe I had anticipated. I will also say size advantage. So I don't know if I want to completely go absolutely nuts with him yet, um, but I was 100% uh, pleasantly surprised with what I saw out of him yesterday.
0: Here's what I'll say. When you think about recent centers at Syracuse, you kind of think about Barama, you think about Pascal, uh, and when I compare Munir to those guys, I see a guy that at least is more built to play the game of basketball. I feel more like Barama and Pascal were just tall guys, and they were like, you gotta play ball. And they, they <laughs> did well because one of them was seven foot. The other one's 6'10", uh, and they went out there and did what they had to do sometimes. But a guy like Barama Sadibe his knees were just not meant to play the sport. Uh, Munir Hima, looked, he looked good out there. He looked confident. He didn't look like he was going to break. I was very happy with what I saw in Hima, and, you know, it wasn't huge expectations. The guy got eight minutes, and like you said, a couple offensive boards a put back, a couple blocks on one position, and one that started a fast break. I thought he was great. And, and you say the size advantage. Yes. Uh, so you want to take those stats with a grain of salt. But what I will say is that the confidence I'm happy with, not every yeah. freshman or transfer comes onto the court at Syracuse and plays with utmost confidence. That That's what we saw um, a lack thereof in Benny last year. He really just didn't have that, and I think that's what hindered him the most over anything else that was actually in his game. It was that he didn't play confidently. At least Hema's coming out here, and he is – Playing really confident center and, and a really good anchor in the zone, uh, like you said, he came in and he played a solid anchor in the zone as they shifted from man to zone. Uh, I was really happy with what I saw from Hema. I don't know necessarily that he's going to be able to turn into a guy like Jesse Edwards, but I think that he could be better than Barama was. Yeah, I think that's Barama a, a had one range. good
1: season. He really did. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a good range to put him in there. If I'm looking at this season alone. Uh, in terms of floor, I don't really see him as a guy that's gonna lose this number two spot to to carry it all, but I, I think he's gonna be the number two center at, even at the floor and, and hop in for five minutes or maybe a little bit longer uh, if Edwards gets into foul trouble and not really be a contributor just sort of get be a get me through guy. Uh, in terms of ceiling, you know there were flashes last night that suggest that, Know those can be a little bit more than than get me by minutes and and minutes that obviously he's not going to be, you know, taking chunk time away from Edwards by any means barring injury. Um, but it could be enough to elevate from all right, just get through this shift with Moonier in here, with Monier in here, get through that shift to all right, they can still get the ball into the big man, or you're still gonna be. Uh, having an advantage on the boards. I sort of see that it's not the biggest range in terms of players. And, and, you know, the difference between his floor and ceiling here in my mind, at least is, is sort of set in stone uh, and and not too polarizing by any means, but uh, he is a guy that I will still say uh, definitely rose up. If we're considering this a
0: stock market last night. How do you feel about what I'm about to say? Peter Carey red shirt thoughts. I don't hate it. I think that's a very realistic red shirt
1: thing. Uh, It makes a lot of sense, especially given the situation right now uh, and Jesse, you know, leaving at the end of the year and then it becomes, you know, maybe Carey puts on a little bit of muscle, a little bit of weight uh, and elevates his game a little bit, comes out next year and is going to compete for a lot of minutes. I think that's the best decision for him. And, you know, maybe you'll see a little bit more before we have to make that decision or before we have to see that decision. But it does seem like a smart career move for him. Uh, And, you know, based on the minimal things that I really read and heard about him at this point, uh, he doesn't strike me as a guy that is going to be an I'm not playing year one transfer. Uh, So I think it might be smart to to redshirt, give it a go next year and then uh, reevaluate from there.
0: Well, yeah, he wasn't a huge target uh, in on the recruiting trail. He was unranked by pretty much every single recruiting website. Syracuse signed him. He became a three-star. That's how it goes in college basketball. But uh, so I wouldn't be surprised either if he stuck around. I don't think that uh, he has the biggest ego on the planet. Um, but anyway, let's get on to another player because we've done about eight minutes on Moon <laughs> which I'm all here for. Um, but how about a guy we're going to go from one spectrum to the other of thing you didn't, didn't think I was going to start about to a thing. Absolutely. You thought I was going to say Judah. Mintz, let's talk Judah. Mintz. Oh, um, i trying to guess no, Judah. Judah looked awesome to me. I mean, yeah. A couple of plays he had where he just shook up the defender and just drilled a mid range shot. Um, I think you also have to take into consideration what you were saying about the uh, opposition in that you are playing the Lehigh mountain Hawks. So, that's the kind of thing I'm happy that you're going out there and doing, but I don't think that's going to fly against UNC. Uh, so that's a little bit of a different thing there. Um, but he still did look really good. Beheim, of course, whenever the media is happy, he's pissed. And whenever he's pissed, the media is pumped or whatever, uh, or uh, whenever he's happy, media is pissed. Um, he just is the opposite. So he goes into that press conference and he says, yeah, Judy, he could only score, but uh, three assists, not enough, which he's he's right about. He should be passing the ball around more and creating more shots, uh, but I just thought he'd be a little bit more excited that Syracuse has a point guard for the first time in so long that is a playmaker.
1: Yeah, uh, that was the big word, right? His ability to create, uh, get to the rim, and be more than you know an outside shooter, which di- I don't think he attempted a three last night, did he? Uh, if uh, I remember correctly, sure. I don't think he attempted a three uh, he got to the rim really well. Obviously, he missed that one layup in transition. We're not going to talk that about that. Um, but he showed me what I sort of got from him in terms of watching his high school film and his ability to create, get to the rim, and finish in contact is going to be so valuable for Syracuse because even if you know he's just getting to the line, um, the fact that you're going to have to be aware of that defensively and ready to to defend that is going to create room for other guys. So I think the assists will come uh, yesterday or two days ago at the time of this releasing, not necessarily an assist focused game for him, but I think there will be such great opportunities because of the ability that he has to get to the rim, that it is going to create space for a lot of other guys in terms of ceiling. I realistically do think that his ceiling is a one and done first round NBA guy. Um, his floor is that he's going to be, I, I I think this, you know, his floor is eight points a game in my mind. Uh, I have a pretty decent expectation for him. I see this guy in terms of floor as someone who is is going to still get his minutes, still get his run. Maybe it's eight points, three assists is the average when all is said and done. I sort of see that as the baseline. I anticipate him being a lot better than that. Uh, I don't necessarily anticipate him being a one and done first round pick in the NBA, but I do think that he might have the capabilities. And seeing the conversations preseason, I don't think that's outlandish to think could be something that might be uh, of, you know, in the ballpark or in the questions. Hey, Malachi Richards did it okay. uh, a couple of months ago. Anybody
0: can do it. All right. Um, all right. I, I agree with you, by the way. I think that is probably the ceiling, even though I kind of think it's unlikely. Uh, I, I, I think he'll be here for at least one more year. Um, the ceiling is the roof, Bones. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll continue. But first, let me tell you about Simply Safe. If you've thought of uh, securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Lockdown Syracuse listeners can order the number one rated Simply Save Home Security System for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why people love it it offers 24 7 monitoring agents uh, who will detect danger in your home. That 24 7 professional Monitoring uses fast protect technology exclusively from simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. So you can get priority police presence. Simply safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window and door HD security cameras for inside and out smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big. On the only security system that's recommended. Get fifty dollar or fifty percent off any new simply safe system at simplysafe.com slash url today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash college. There's no safe like simply safe. We're back on the lockdown Syracuse podcast. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. Uh, and we're talking SU basketball, finally. Uh, Really, really solid game. I think some people probably thought the defense should have played better or whatever, like, all oh, they gave up 72 points to Lehigh. You thought that? I really didn't think that. I don't think I thought played Bahein terribly. Just, I thought he was just throwing people out there and seeing what worked. I don't. I think he realized they were going to win the game, and he was like, all right, let's see what they can do. I didn't really care if they score 70 points.
1: Uh, I, I thought, and this is something Behan said after the game, and you mentioned he might have sounded a little cranky in his post-game presser, but... Uh, I think it was a decent point. There were a few too many just uncontested shots and free shots was my one thing. And I think that that was recoverable uh, and something that could have been done a little bit better, especially given the opponent. Um, So I'm going to say that if there was the weak spot, it's going to be defensively was my concern where I wanted to see the biggest improvement. Uh, And it's just because of who they were playing. And I think they shot over 50% in the second half. Uh, with regards to Lehigh. So I I just wanted to see a little bit more defensively, uh, but I don't think they played badly on defense. I just wanted to see that next level uh, throughout this game.
0: All right, let's talk Benny Williams here. Uh, Benny has been scrutinized for his entirety of his collegiate career thus far. He had a terrible freshman season in which everybody called him a bust. But like with the question mark, because they were like, I don't know if I'm sure about it yet, but like he's definitely trending that way. Uh, And game one definitely did not help his case. He played 23 minutes. He went one for five from the field, took a three, bricked it, uh, missed two free throws. He got three rebounds and a block, but turned the ball over twice, fouled once, and only scored two points from that one field goal. Uh, He was bad. He didn't play well at all. And I'm starting to feel for the guy. I don't know if you realize his halftime adjustment. It was taking his headband off. No longer a headband guy. I noticed I don't that. Know. it.
1: it, it yeah. Now that you mention it, I, I did realize that because I thought. Um, I thought Chris Bell was him for a second when I looked and saw the headband.
0: Uh, and then yeah, I realized yeah, that hair. he had taken it off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Benny. He's I mean, I feel I still don't think it's outlandish to say he is the most athletic guy on the floor. But he just doesn't, I don't know, he, he just doesn't, he can't put it all together. And he looked fine in the exhibition games. I seriously think it's a confidence thing for him. Maybe not entirely, but at least partially. What do you see as a ceiling and a floor for him? Uh, right now, I don't want to overreact to game one because I was
1: impressed with, especially that first exhibition game and the way he came out and played uh, and was that spark to get Syracuse going in the second half. Uh, I love the way he was crashing the boards in the exhibition. He didn't seem like he had the same aggression last night after he missed the layup. on uh, I don't know if it was the opening possession or one of the Guy early possessions. Down on himself, totally. Um, I don't know if that was just a, a catalyst for him that, that worked in the wrong direction. Uh, when he gets a wide open look from Jesse Edwards on a beautiful dish, uh, misses the layup, gets fouled, and goes over 2 from the line. I don't know if that was just the mental snap right back into it uh, from last year's mentality, but he, he didn't look like he was as aggressive as he was in the exhibitions. I don't want to go crazy on him yet. It's one game. Uh, if he's going to get his minutes. He's going to get his looks, especially early on. Uh, in terms of ceiling, I think he figures it out. He averages, I'm going to say – Ten points.
0: That would be insane if he averaged ten points. That would be fantastic.
1: Ten points, six rebounds would be his ceiling in my mind per game. That
0: would be incredible. his floor,
1: which is really unfortunate that I'm going to say this. He does not have a solid floor.
0: He can't. How could you? His you his floor is he, he loses the starting spot. Yeah, his. Well, floor did you hear what Bayim said in the post game? And he doesn't play. Did you hear what he said? Somebody uh, asked. Yes. Um about you know benny has a two guard mentality what are you going to do to curb that i think it was actually w-a-e-r-z and unsworth um he said nothing and he said i'm not going to do anything about it i'll just not play him <laughs> i mean that's what he's going to do and do you blame him no absolutely not No, get with the program is, benjamin like yeah, I, benny I to you. has to make
1: the adjustment is what it comes down to it's got to be him that adjusts and right now, you know that ceiling is there, and it is something that he could do. And I, I don't think that I'm overhyping him in saying that, based on what I've seen, based on the glimpses from the exhibitions, he could do that. But I've also seen enough that says that the floor could be he loses a starting spot, plays four or five minutes a game, uh, and not every game coming into conference play, uh, and is is struggling. I don't want to jump to that right now. Um, but that is the realistic based on the highs and lows that we have seen, including all of last season, including the exhibitions, maybe even overweighing the exhibitions at this point, that is my ceiling
0: and floor for him right now. I I can't disagree. I mean I, I I mean, if he came out and at some point, even for like a five or six game stretch, he put together ten points and six rebounds or something close to that, I think the team would get so much better. Yeah. Like if he could offer the team those numbers, even through like 10 games or something, they would be fantastic mm. for those 10 games. Uh you all right, said let's it early on, on. his okay. his jump or not jump
1: that is made this year. Yes. Uh is yes. going to be one of the most important
0: facets to the team's success. Syracuse will go as far as he takes them in in some way um but let's take one more quick break and then we will get to one or two more players um this one brought to you by built bar that's right built is back okay we gotta pause the pod because we gotta talk about built okay you gotta try this i'm talking about built bars new reimagined flavors cookie dough topper coconut brownie bar coconut brownie topper white chocolate peppermint granola It's built take on the granola bar. It's so much more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane, brownie puff, built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First of all, for anyone who hasn't tried built bar before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. Get it? They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories. 130 calories, OV. Just sink your teeth into that first bite, and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you try try these new built flavors and the magical, wonderful time afterwards. You're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite, an unanswerable question to say the least. They're all unbelievable and they're all different. So you got to order a mixed box and try all five flavors for yourself. Built. You got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. Go get yourself some Built bars people. All right. Bones, OV, back with you for five ish more minutes here on the Lockdown Syracuse podcast. Uh, let's talk for a couple more players. We talked Moneer, we gave Judah um and Benny. How about Malik Brown? Malik Brown, I got clowned at the beginning of the season. I got clowned by the comment section. They said, wow. Bones really doesn't know anything about basketball. Well, Matt doesn't know what he's talking about. Because you know why? Because I said Malik Brown's going to be good. And he's got the best, one of the best freshman uh, basketball bodies coming onto this team. And guess who also said that recently? Coach Red. All right? Who knows ball now? Me, Coach Red, or you, listener? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, I was right about Malik Brown, or at least I was for at least one game. He had seven points, three rebounds, and the guy is a good force inside. I like Malik Brown.
1: Yeah, I was saying based on the first game, he he really just looked like he was gliding out there. It was so smooth, very effortless. It didn't look like he was trying to do too much, and I think that's going to go a long way. He was another one uh, that really did surprise me in this game, and that I wasn't quite sure what my expectations should be, and he definitely exceeded them in game one in terms of ceiling. I actually think I'm going to give him the same ceiling as Benny Williams. And I think his ceiling is a starter that averages 10 points and six rebounds a game.
0: That would be insane if he averaged 10 po- I said that about Benny as well. Almost verbatim what I said about him. But it's right. I don't think he does that. That would be crazy. I,
1: I said ceiling.
0: I know. That but a Benny like,
1: based That is a Benny Williams-based ceiling. And that is all reliant
0: on Benny Williams. I don't think uh, he'd score that much. I think I, I think he'd just crash the boards a ton. And maybe we dip it down. You want to say seven? Swat shots. Seven I know, and I five. Feel, sure. Whatever. Seven and I, five. I feel like the, the rebound ceiling? number could be even higher. Like think about Cole Swider last year. Cole Swider was the second leading rebounder on the team. He had a hundred rebounds at the time. The Season True. was over. He almost averaged 10 a game. I think Malik Brown could be that. Benny Williams could be that. Whoever's playing that four position could be that. Last year it was the yeah. three. This year it could be the four.
1: Uh, in terms of floor, um, you know, he's going to come in, get those minutes occasionally and not take advantage of them, I guess would be the floor as he's playing four minutes a game, uh, averaging 1.2 points per game and, uh, and not really contributing all too much. And in order for that floor to be hit last night or Monday night at this point would have had to just be a flash in the pan for him, which I don't think it is. Um, but that floor is the insurance policy for if that was just a quick pan flash.
0: Let's get one more quick one in here. Let's talk Chris Bell. Okay. Beheim said in the post-game press conference that if he doesn't go after loose balls, he won't play. He'll just bench him. This is Arguably the most talented player in the class, aside from Judah, and he said, "If he doesn't go after loose balls, I'm not going to play him," which is what makes him a Hall of Famer at the end of the day. But at the same time, is a little bit jarring to hear. I was like, "Really? <laughs> like, I don't. All right, <laughs> I like it's it because, like, I want everybody on the team to be have the Morakodolaj spirit." But uh Chris Bell, what are you doing, man? He played meh. He's fine. He didn't go for loose balls. I'll tell you that much. Uh, but he didn't knock my socks off. No,
1: this was a game where you know we said this in the exhibitions. He sort of gets lost sometimes in the starting five, uh, where he you know it doesn't seem like he's got a true role and doesn't seem like he's necessarily contributing in the offense as much as you want him to. Uh, per Bayheim, he's the second best shooter on the team, uh, behind Joe Girard, I And I don't right. know if that's factual. Fine. I don't. Care. Um, but that was the post game statement.
0: He what did he uh, say last year? Is the think... greatest shooting team he's ever had last year? All right, fine, I guess. My
1: thought was just that it does show how important him taking that defensive step is. If Beheim, in his mind has, this as the number two shooter on your team, but he's ready to pull the plug. If you're not going to get a little bit more aggressive on defense prior or shows the priority of the defensive jump in terms of Bayheim's lens right now. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be my lens, but in terms of the lens of Bayheim, I do think that is relevant. Uh, when I look at, what he can do this year he obviously can be a 12 point per game kind of guy i don't think that's absurd he should be uh but he whoever's in that that three
0: spot should be
1: he hasn't shown that. bell
0: that guy's got to be a double digit scorer if the team's gonna win basketball
1: neither one of them showed that yesterday and i I will come at just like you defended yourself today i'm gonna defend myself right now uh in yesterday's episode i did not let Justin Taylor off the hook, scot free, as much as someone in our comments wants to claim that was the case. I recited Bayheim's post game press conference thoughts, in which he said that Chris Bell will not play if he doesn't step it up defensively. And even though Justin Taylor went one for seven, there are days in practice where he will go six for seven, taking that same series of shots. I was reciting Bayheim's thoughts. I was not saying that Justin Taylor played good. I don't think either of them played a good game yesterday, and I want to see more from them because I know that there is more in the tank from both of those players. I am going to group this right now from the three position. The ceiling, I'm going to say, is 16 points per game from the three positions. So the duo of them, in whatever capacity they're playing, is 16 points a game. Uh, And the floor, I will say, is – I'm going to cut that in half and say eight. No, seven. Seven sounds like a better number. So the floor for that duo at the three is seven points, which I think would be an incredible disappointment. Uh, I agree. And the ceiling for them, I would say, is 16 to 18 points as a duo.
0: As I'm well. with you there, too. Yeah, I like those numbers. I'm with you on them. All right, that's all the time we have today. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day, including today for your next listen check out the lockdown sports today podcast the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get podcasts i'm matt bonaparte he is owen valentine we'll see you tomorrow